The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, we go around all the time telling each other and ourselves that we should be more loving. We should be more kind. We should be more respectful. All of those are ways of being loving. But how do we make these commands into reality? The truth is that anytime we put the word should in front of the word love, it ceases to be love and becomes instead a duty, an ought to, or a have to. We think that we should be more loving and we chastise ourselves when we're not, but we don't understand the nature of love. So today we're going to talk about this whole thing of what is love and and what is the distillation process of love and what does that mean about us, our personalities, our psychologies, and our spiritualities. So first let's look at the word distillation. So it's a chemical process. Carl Jung would have said for the human uh, that it's an alchemical process. But distillation in and of itself means to separate a mixture of liquids so you're the liquid is heated to force the components which have different boiling points into the gas phase. The gas is then condensed back into liquid form and collected. If you repeat the process on the collected liquid to improve the purity of the product, it's called double distillation. So what that means is you got several different liquids all poured into one bottle and you want to distill it down to a single product. Each one of those liquids has a different boiling point so you can capture it if it turns into a gas you can capture it, condense it back into a liquid, and put it in a separate bottle. So essentially what that means then is that we have that same power when we turn into a metaphor. We have that same power. Carl Jung called it differentiation that leads to integration. So when we talk about uh, the distillation process as it relates to uh, the human psyche, what we mean is that we've had poured into us all kinds of definitions of what love really is. Um, some people say that, de- that love is the hardest thing in the world to define. I say it's a pretty easy thing to define when we actually realize what it is, but we're going to get to that later. But we have many definitions of love. Some people think that love means to control another person. If I, if you, if I love you, then I get to own you. You belong to me, and I get to tell you how you should think and feel and how you ought to be, and that will please me and make me feel like you love me too. Um, That's a very distorted definition of love, and it comes down to some form of spiritual abuse because what you're doing is telling the person not to be the authentic self, but rather to be something that you need them to be in order for them to be okay in your eyes. And if if a parent is doing that to a child, it is spiritual abuse. If a church is doing it, it is spiritual abuse. So we have a lot of shoulds that come out of 
that kind of thinking that says, I should be able to control you, I should own you, because if you truly love me, you will give yourself entirely to me. And so there's a lot of religious motifs around that idea that if we sacrifice self for other people, then we will be loving people and we will be uh, guided by the divine and, and, and we can be sure that we're good people. One of the things that I hear most in my office uh, uh, practically daily is somebody will say, you know, I, I just need to know I'm a good person. I just need to know that I'm a good person. Um, and you hear people talk about that frequently, that, that being a good person is the ultimate in being, but we haven't even defined what good is. And, and yet many people would define it as, well, if you sacrifice yourself for other people, then you're a good person. And I would say if you sacrifice yourself, there's no self. So how can you know that you're even a person at all? That leads us to non-being. And non-being is a result of spiritual abuse. So when a church, a dogma, a creed, or a, a, a faith, a person tells you that it's good and right and true for you to empty yourself of yourself and be what they need you to be, that is spiritual abuse. So that I want to be very clear of. That is definitely not love. Uh, the next thing that we typically think that love is, is, is a form of kindness that we, we, we generate out of an identity. So what that means is I'm going to be kind even when I don't feel kind. I'm going to say kind words even when I don't feel kind words. I'm going to uh, uh, always be nice, the quote-unquote nice to other people, um, even when I don't feel nice because that's pleasant and it's the way it ought to be. It, and that's sort of we live into that sort of fantasy that this is, the, this is a loving way to be. To be nice is to be loving. But... Uh, is it genuine? It, does it have anything whatsoever to do with what's going on inside you as a, a, a genuine being? Um, not if we can't tap into that. And if we're, if, we're, if we're tapped into an identity that says, I'm fairly frequently in a bad mood, but I'm going to be kind anyway. Well, that's not love. Um, so we can fake it and it'll look like love. It'll, it'll sound like love. It'll kind of talk and quack like love, but it's not really love because it's not genuine. You haven't dapped down into that deep rootedness that we were gonna, are, are going to see later has a much greater to do with love. Um, uh, a lot of times we think that uh, that um, believing in another person to the point of, of of following them is a form of love. It's a form of adoration and and love, and we should follow them because they lead. So that we had. Uh, Jonestown because of that kind of belief that that you know if you love me you will follow me you'll do what I say you'll 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 let me control your mind and your thoughts and your behavior so that means you're being loving to me so in this is the reverse side of what we said earlier about the controlling person who believes that to I, if I love you I will be able to command you on the other flip side of that it's if I love you then I will follow you I will do what you want me to do um, and so people look to other people and they, even when they have doubts, they give the benefit of the doubt, which often means lying to themselves about what, what they really are picking up in terms of intuition. So I'm intuiting that something's really off here, but I'm not going to behave out of that intuition. I'm just going to tell myself that it's not nice to think that way. It's not good to think that way. So I'm just not going to think that way. And so I, so I lie to myself, essentially, and tell myself that I'm going to continue to be loyal. I'm going to continue to, be, um, to follow you 
because I should adore you in that way. And in that way, I will also benefit because I will be loved by you. So we see this uh, in, 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 in a charlatan relationship with, a, uh, with a, somebody who is a follower, uh, where, the, where the charlatan is saying, you must do what I want you to do, and the follower is saying, oh, oh yes, I'll obey you, I'll do what you want me to do. Um, it's called some kind of worship and adoration, and yet it has nothing whatsoever to do with love. It's really a very distorted version of an identification with duty and loyalty. And speaking of loyalty, loyalty is one of those myths we think get mixed up with love too. Our friends will say, if you're my friend, you will be loyal to me. And very commonly they mean all kinds of things. I remember having uh, 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 an encounter with somebody years ago where um, a guy that I knew had dated a woman and the woman cheated on him and the guy uh, didn't want me to ever be friends with that woman again because, you know, he, she had cheated on him. Um, and I wasn't really friends with that woman, but I was, uh, did have a working relationship with that woman that had to continue. And uh, my guy friend decided that he couldn't be my friend anymore because I was not loyal to him. Um, so, uh, so you know, th- that kind of definition says, well, you don't really love me, so I don't want to be your friend anymore. I'm going to unfriend you in the vernacular of today. So, uh, you know, that whole idea that loyalty means that I should, I should uh, be able to, I, I should stick by your side no matter what. You know, that old stand by your man thing that, that is so one of the southern motifs for the southern woman. Uh, is that no matter what he does, you're supposed to stick by him. And, and loyalty means no matter what I do, you're supposed to stick by me. Um, and, and there are times when you should not, we should not be sticking by someone. We, should, we, 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 we can allow ourselves to be more real than that. We can allow ourselves to stop holding bile between our teeth and go ahead and say what it is that we need to say and feel what we need to feel and make the decision we need to make with regard to our authentic relationships with other people. Um, so, so the loyalty sometimes can be called into question. In fact, I would say that loyalty is more uh, something that can be reserved for the military. I think we could use it there, and when we bring it into our personal life, it becomes militaristic, and it loses its value. Um, so, you know, that thing can be called love as well. Uh, we can define love in terms of its dreaminess, in terms of its... Uh, you know, everything is just so sweet and wonderful and, and good between us and nothing ever will disrupt that. And then when something does disrupt it, we just don't know what to do with that. It, it ceases to be love then and we don't know what to do with that. Uh, but actually love m- might run so deep that it can encompass and embrace even those things that people might consider to be ugly. Uh, in fact, intimacy if you have a true intimate relationship with either a lover or a friend or a relative, it means that you reveal the good, the bad, and the ugly to that person. And they, that person can then uh, tell you more about who they are, tell you more of the stuff that disturbs them about themselves, tell you more about their past and their quote-unquote sins and their, the things that they don't like about themselves as well as the thing that they, things that they do like about themselves and you're going to take that and blow the dust off and then hold it because this person has revealed to you the sacred darkness that is within them so that that is a, a beautiful element of int- intimacy uh, and it, it it's not that same old sweet oh everything's so nicey nicey and sweet uh that uh, it loses its authenticity. 
that we want to call love. So very commonly relationships, when you fall in love with someone, we say we fall in love with someone and we, and we just, everything's just so sweet and wonderful and there's no problems whatsoever and there's this sweetness between us and, and, and we have so much fun and we have so much in common and yada, 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 yada. And that's just supposed to last forever. And then it stops lasting forever and we don't know what to do. We, we, we assume that we have fallen out of love and that this relationship isn't going to work because we've based a lot of our ideas about what love is on an idea that it's supposed to be sweet and kind and loving in, in, in just this kind of ethereal world all the time. But the truth is, as I said, that intimacy, which is the foundation of a really strong relationship, uh, it's made up of revealing the good, the bad, and the ugly, not just the good, not just the sweet, not just the nicey-nice stuff. Uh, so that's another definition that's faulty that we have of love. Um, but the most dangerous, I think, definition that we have of love is the one where we think that we should sacrifice ourselves. And I want to talk about that just a little bit more before the break. Um, the the self-sacrifice that we believe means love you know, uh, there's a passage in the Bible that says, uh, greater love hath no man than this, that he give his life for another. And uh, that's been interpreted to mean that if you die for somebody else, well, that's the greatest love you can give. And certainly I think that if you, if you do end up giving your life, I mean dying, for to save someone's life, to rescue them from, from death, something like that, I do think that can, is definitely an act of love. But I'm not sure that the person who's doing it is thinking in terms of self-sacrifice. I think the person who's doing it is thinking in terms of rescue. <laughs> I don't think they're saying, well, I'm just going to give up my life here for you. I think they're thinking, I need to get you out of the way. I need to get you out of harm's way. I need to save you. I need to get you out of the water, etc., etc. And so they think it's very possible to do that. It turns out to not be so possible. Um, so, uh, you know, we think that, oh, well, they knew they were giving their life up for this other person. And we don't know that, what they were doing. They're dead. We can't ask them that question, so we, we don't know. Uh, but what we do know is that we have imagined all kinds of things that, that are supposed to come with that. And this is a person who must love to the nth degree because they have given up their lives for the other person. Um, there's a psychological way, as I said before, of giving up our life for another person, which is to give up who I am, who, who I authentically am, um, give up my awareness of who that is, give up my, my life as an authentic being in order to please you, in order to make you happy, in order to, uh, to be sure that you like me, in order to be sure that you will never leave me, in order to assure myself that I'm a good person, all of those reasons. And you know the interesting thing about uh, about love is it's organic. It doesn't need a because. It doesn't need a because to exist. It doesn't have to have a because to exist. It just exists. And we'll talk some more about that. But but the idea that that I'm going to stop being me in order to have or to please you is f- absolutely unequivocally false. It's not. It's not a valid uh, way of living. It's, not, it's, it's a form of self-abuse. It's a form of spiritual abuse, as I said earlier, when somebody else does it to you. Um, it is a, 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 a way of, of lying to ourselves about life. Um, 
and telling ourselves that this is how, this is the best form of living. It tells us that it's good and right and true to invalidate and um, diminish and even uh, create a form of non-being inside of ourselves so that the other person can be happy. Um, and that is far, far, far from love. That we, in fact, we cannot love another hu- human being unless we have love for ourselves. And I want to say that again. We cannot love another human being unless we have love for ourselves. The basis of all love for others is based in self-love. And that is exactly the opposite of what we've learned in the Western motif of the Christian religion, where we've learned that to love yourself is wrong and bad and arrogant and proudful, and to love other people is all that we should do. So we have people going around thinking that it's, it's, it's prideful to just care for and show empathy for the self. Uh, so uh, that is completely false and, again, a form of, of spiritual abuse. So we're going to talk about this some more right after the break. So you want to stay tuned for this. If we have not yet given you a clear definition of love, just stay tuned to get it. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. We are all searching for a deeper meaning in life. The possibility exists to create our life from the perspective of our true divine nature, where the experience of joy, love, Abundance, freedom, and peace is our birthright. On the Inner Frontier, host Darlene Green presents a new topic every week with a high-frequency conversation to support a gentle revealing of the divine that is unique to you. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel for the Inner Frontier. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
we're back. And as you know, uh, the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by Own Network and Super Soul Sunday. So I want to tell you what's coming up this Super Soul Sunday. And then I have another announcement about Own Network as well. Oprah's going to be joined by Iyanla Van Zandt, best-selling author, spiritual life coach, and host of Own's Iyanla Fix My Life, as well as a former guest of our show, for a conversation about one of life's most difficult lessons, learning to trust. Oprah even asks her the question, how did she learn to fix her own life, particularly when all the people in, the, in her family had let her down? So don't miss the new episode of Super Soul Sunday on Sunday, April the 24th at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. And also upcoming on, with OWN is Oprah Winfrey and Deepak Chopra's uh, kicking off of a new series of seven-day on-demand courses Oprah and Deepak's Guide to Whole Health. These seven-day courses are designed to provide targeted solutions to widely acknowledged everyday problems that impact overall well-being. The first course, titled Seven Days to Restful Sleep, will be available beginning today, April the 20th, for $19.99 at www.oprah.com sleep. Additional topics are going to launch later at a later date, which include healing from pain, releasing anxiety, improving motivation, and relationships. Oprah and Deepak's Guide to Whole Health launches on the heels of the successful Oprah and Deepak 21-Day Meditation Experience Series, which since 2013 includes a catalog of 10 unique meditation themes with over 5.1 million participants from all 200 countries around the globe. So you want to pay attention to that. Today, you can go to www.oprah.com slash sleep and pay $19.99 for the first course. All right, so today we're talking about the distillation process of love. And we said that in order to distill something, one has to, uh, if there are several mixtures, a mixture of several different liquids in a bottle, uh, the liquid can be heated up to force components which have different boiling points into the gas phase. And then the gas is condensed back into liquid form and collected. And if you repeat that process on the collected liquid to improve the, you can improve the prod, purity of the product and that's called double distillation all right so in the what's been poured onto us what we spent this first segment talking about was what's been poured into us is a lot of lies about what love is and we have believed them and we have lived dysfunctional and distorted lives because we have believed those uh, the, those lies and so what we want to do is sort of distill that. We, we've got a mixture of a bunch of different definitions of love inside of our bodies and our minds. And the distillation process is going to be life. The distillation process that, that uh, distills all that mixture of liquids about love uh, in our, inside of us is, is life itself. We suffer and we grow. We rejoice and we grow. We suffer again and we grow. We rejoice again and we grow. And as a result, the distillation process occurs and we begin to differentiate what is love from what is not love. What, what is uh, 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 the power of deep connection and what is not that power of deep connection. So let's talk about that a little bit. In order for me to deeply connect to another human being, I have to have first deeply connected to myself. How can I know that, that I've connected to another human being if I'm not even myself? There's no I there. There's no I there to connect. So how can I then say that I'm connected to another person? I might genuinely need that other person. And that's another one of those faulty definitions of love, which we didn't mention in the first section se- segment. Um, 
is is that raw, desperate need that we have for someone to come and be our partner and live the rest of their lives with us. And we sit around saying, I'm so lonely, I'm so lonely, and I want somebody in my life, and how come I don't have anybody in my life? And 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 we forget that life is about loving ourselves, that life is about coming to know ourselves. Life is about being ourselves, being, truly being, fully alive in any given moment as a self. And and we are lonelier. What I've discovered over the years of working with clients is we are lonely to the degree that we have no awareness of who we are. The, 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 the more we lack awareness of who we are, the lonelier we're going to be. Why? Because there's nobody home. Even when we're home, there's nobody home. So we have to get to know ourselves. We have to become in love with ourselves. We have to learn to show ourselves self-empathy. We have to be able to empathize with a deeper connection to a real viable entity inside of us that is basically, as I describe it metaphorically, the roots of the tree that we are. We are the tree, and the authentic self is the roots. So there's no disconnect. We are living out of the branches, feeling the wind blow and, and, and worried about when the leaves are going to fall and when we're worried about when the leaves are going to come back again. But the roots of taking care of all that. It's just organic. It just happens because it is in it to happen. Uh, you know, I frequently say to people, you know, if you're an oak tree, uh, you've come from an acorn. And when you were that acorn, you were never, ever, ever going to be able to produce pine cones. And that's the way it is. It, it, we are we are who we are, and to try to be something different than who we are so that other people will like us means that we've lost touch with self. So the first thing that must be generated in order for us to learn what love is, is we have to come to know who we are. We have to come to know who we are. We have to be able to be that person, that, the roots of that tree. Um, and that begins uh, very commonly with a dialogue begins by being able to dialogue between the identity that we hold and the authentic self, the branches of the tree and the roots of the tree, so that that trunk of the tree becomes a, a, a cable of communication between the roots and the, the branches, so that authenticity begins to happen in our thoughts and our feelings first and then later in our actions. Um, and then when we react to other people, we're reacting from genuineness. So there's a rule, particularly in the South where I live, but it's all over the United States and all over the West and uh, very commonly, and commonly in the East as well, that we should love everybody. Well, when we put should in front of love, it ceases to be love and becomes duty and obligation. So many of us are trying to love everybody and trying to be nice all the time so that we look like we love everybody when really we sometimes are walking around with bile between our teeth because we can't stand the people we're pretending to love. Um, and that's not love. But, uh, but when we come to know ourselves, we begin to understand that there are people that we are not a match with. We're not compatible with. We're not going to be able to hang out with them for very long without some friction. Uh, and we and we don't want that to be okay. We want to be able to say, well, I should be able to have a frictionless relationship with everyone. And yet, that friction, that relationship that is one of friction is part of the distillation process. So when we meet somebody that we just can't seem to get along with, who might be, you know, trying to abuse us, trying to control us, trying to hurt us, 
or at least that's our perception, uh, trying to not accept us, trying to tell us that we ought to be something different than we are, trying to criticize us, whether that's our perception or it's really happening or whether it's both, we, we have this tendency to say, well, that's just a bad thing that's happening in my life and that's all it is. I'm, I'm suffering and that's all I'm doing. But actually we're being distilled down to love because that immediate crisis that's caused by running into someone who, with whom we have a, a, a frictioned relationship is, is a part of how we come to know who we are at a deeper level. And it's a part of how we decide what we're going to have in our lives and what we're not. See, our lives are like a castle. We are building the castle of our lives by our choices. And we can build them very badly. We can build that castle like a shack. We can build it like a tent. We can build it like a castle. We can build it like a dome. We can build it in all kinds of ways. We can build it like a wall that shuts everyone out. We can build it in all kinds of ways, but that's what we're doing. The life is the life. The self is the self. The self, uh, if it's allowed to make choices, can generate a very uh, uh, positive existence and can build a very beautiful castle for a life. A a self that is negated and sent away and refused uh, uh, allowed refuse to be allowed into conscious awareness is going to build a shack or a tent or a wall it's not going to build a castle so you know we talk about the law of attraction and we say well if I think positive thoughts then I'll attract positive things and we're trying really hard to think those positive thoughts and 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 stay positive all the time and always feel positive emotions and all the time we're just repressing all the things we call negative emotions and negative thoughts and they're going somewhere. They're not just disappearing. They don't do that. They go down into the psyche to come out later in some ugly, hairy, moldy form. Uh, but uh, what's, what's happening there is we think that that's what's going to get us a good life, but that is not it. That is not what will get us a good life. What will get us a good life is being true to who we absolutely are and allowing that true self to make all of life's choices. And then we build a castle. And that comes from self-love. We build a castle for the self because we love the self. We don't build a castle for the self because we don't like the self, because we consider the self to be unworthy. Um, And very commonly, when we consider ourselves to be unworthy, it's because we've been spiritually abused. Someone along the way has taught us that who we are is not worth much. And we bought it. We interjected that, and we said, oh, that must be true. I hear people say all the time, my daddy said I was not going to amount to a hill of beans. And, you know, as we're, we're young, young children, we don't have the ability to say, no, that's not really true. We don't have that sorting capacity when we're that young. Um, so we just interject it, and we believe it. And so we've got to grow up and, and heal that spiritual wound um, that's created by that spiritual abuse that defines you as something other than who you are. So uh, so when we're, we're talking about the distillation process, any suffering that we run into, whether it's another person who's cruel to us or a, an event uh, or a poverty or a, or a limitation or a lack of some form, whatever the suffering is, an illness, whatever it is, we are, it is part of the distillation process that brings us to understand what love really is. So I'm going to give you the definition of love now and we're going to go forward from here. Love is who we are. Love is who we are. 
we are love. Now, how can I say that? Well, um, when we when we get down to the bottom line of who we are, it's an I am. It's the same I am that uh, that says, "Be still and know that I am." It's the same I am that set, that created heaven and earth. It's the same I am that said, uh, "I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life." It's the same I am that is the generator of all activity. The deepest, truest nature of the divine, whatever you call the divine, is desire. And desire is a form of love. Desire says, I love that so much, I want it. I want to have that. And, and we think of desire in terms of lack, but desire that is the divine is an active force that constantly fulfills itself. So there's no lack. So we say, I want that because we think I don't have that, so I want to have that. Uh, but uh, the truth is that in, in the divine world, the I am world, there is no separation between I want and I have. Uh, the old passions in, in uh, Psalms 23 in the uh, Jewish Tanakh and the Christian Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So what that means is I shall not be in lack. I shall not miss out on anything. Why? Because the Lord, the I am, that's what uh, Fillmore said, uh, uh, the author of the um, metaphysical interpretation of the Bible, says that every time we see the word Lord in the Old Testament, we should say, we should read I am. So the I am is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because I am is desire, and desire is constantly fulfilling itself. So that is the truth of who we are. Um, when we say I am one with the divine, which many of us have begun to slowly let ourselves say out loud, I am one with the divine, uh, we're also saying I am one with love, because the divine is love. Um uh, the New Testament of the Christian Bible defines God as love. and actually literally says the words, God is love. So uh, when, when we think of the divine as desire, that is also love, what we have is that ever-fulfilling uh, uh, e- essence of desire that's love, that's love, that's desire, that's desire, that's love, that's love, that's desire. And it, it is perpetually fulfilling itself. So there is no lack, and that means there is no lack of love for us, to us, about us. And the, the essential truth is that we are being distilled down to that truth. All of our suffering, all of our um, you know, lack, all of our limitation, all of our health issues, all of our money issues, all of those issues are just part of the dist- distillation process that turns the falsehood into a gas and then puts it back into a, uh, a liquid again so that we can see it clearly and be able to differentiate and say, oh, well, that's not really love. Okay, so now let's get through what is, what, what is the product that's left. What is the product that's left after I've taken that gas out and put it aside and looked at it and said, oh, that's not love. That's this. That's possessiveness. That's um, self-abuse. That's, you know, that's not love. When we, when we do that, when we differentiate, then we can integrate. Then we can take in what is us, and we can allow that to be. We can allow that to, to, to step onto planet Earth and to take what, is it, what belongs to it. 
And that's a process that's been happening to all of us since the beginning of time. Many of you have already heard my, my uh, show on duality. Uh, I did it again uh, a couple months back, so you can look back in the archives and find that show if you want to. But it basically is saying that we started out in duality and we're moving toward oneness. And I'm not going to go into more detail than that right now. But the oneness means that I am one with the divine. And if the divine is love, the divine is desire, then I am desire and I am love. Every tree that springs up from the ground, it springs up from the energy of desire. Every, every cloudy day springs from the, desire, the, the uh, essence of desire. Every uh, time the moon comes up as a full moon, it's come from that desire that is the beingness of all. It's oneness. It is oneness in action. And, uh, and that's what we see. We see desire fulfilling itself all day, every single day. There's no greater love than that. We're going to talk about that some more right after the break. Stay tuned for more. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's time to wake up and transform into your higher self. Tune into Lighten Radio with host Jay-Z Bound. This is a show that's meant for you if you're seeking your highest and fullest potential. It's already within you. All you need to do is discover it and nurture it to reality. Jay-Z is an intuitive and health and ascension facilitator. Get ready to connect to the divine and your authentic self. Be here for Lighten Radio every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The divine lives within every one of us. Some people just need help unlocking it. Once you understand your own shadow self, you can begin to take steps to say goodbye to remorse, guilt, and shame. Then, own up to living your life with great delight. Listen for Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting with host Jim Stacy. For 15 years, Jim has studied the Aramaic language, the non-religious language of Yeshua. And through that language, you can learn how to choose the life you want to live and live above smallness and the victim. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
And The Authentic Living Show is also sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you may get a PhD, a doctor of ministry, or in the holistic theology program, a doctor of theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are holistic theology, holistic health, holistic ministries, metaphysics, and parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your own spiritual search for truth and peace, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing as your text-writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what's offered by going to www.aiht.edu. Or, if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. That's 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Calling it your passport today. And we're talking about the distillation process of love today. And what we've said is that distillation is a process that's used to separate a mixture of liquids where the liquid can be heated to force components which have different boiling points into the gas phase. The gas is then condensed back into liquid form and collected. And if you want to repeat that process on the collected liquid to improve the purity of the product, it's called double distillation. I think many of our lives use not only double, but triple and quadruple distillation. Many of us suffer a great deal in this life. But the, the point of that is to distill what's true from what's not true. And what's true, what is the only truth that there is, is oneness. That's the only truth there is. And we are one with the divine. We are one with the I am. We are the I am. Therefore, the I am is us and we are it. And therefore, we are love just as the I am is love. And uh, listen to the second segment again if you've missed that to to clarify what I mean by that. I'm not going to go back into depth about that right now. But uh, I do want to say that this whole process of learning what love is and isn't is huge in terms of the process of what wisdom actually is. So when we live a life of falsehood and tell ourselves that things that aren't love are love, we just keep running into that same wall again and again and again. The wall that says to sacrifice self, the wall that says to not to, to, to always be nice, the wall that says to try to be something other than who we are. And, of course, that means that we're not going to ever tap into that river that of of self that is flowing within all of us that is all at one with the divine and all, everything and everyone else um, and therefore we won't understand love but wisdom says uh, you know I want a peaceful life so therefore I don't want your chaos in my life wisdom says uh, I I I know that you're in this struggle. I get it. I'm not judging you. I'm not saying you're a bad person because you are living in a chaotic and or dramatic or drug addicted or whatever fashion. I'm not judging you for that. I just don't want to be around it. I choose that for myself because I uh, I love myself. And it is not only okay, but it is essential that I love myself. 
in the in the world of righteous the 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 right way to do things out there in the society that would be the wrong thing to do oh you can't cut people off that's just wrong it's not nice um, you can't draw boundaries that say you don't want chaos in your life because you know that's just not nice um, that's why we have so many people enabling uh, for example addicts and alcoholics because uh, they think that it's a good thing to sacrifice themselves and to to lie and to pretend that things aren't happening that are happening and to um, to uh, try to fix the other person and try to make their make them make the right choices and lecture them and cajole them and fuss at them to try to get them to stop using drugs and and all of that in the name of uh, so-called love, but it's really not love at all. It's a form of enmeshment that doesn't have anything, and, and enabling that doesn't have anything whatsoever to do with love, and it isn't wise. And love is the ultimate wisdom. So love does say, I can draw boundaries because I love myself, and I know you're in this process right now. I can send you energy for that process, but I can't be with you in it because uh, when I get with you, I get sucked into your process. Now, we, should, we might say, well, I should be strong enough not to get sucked in. I should be that, you know. But if you're not, you're not. So why should you tell yourself that you should be something you're not? And when we are let ourselves get used and abused by other people, we're not helping them or ourselves. And, uh, and, and you know, we, should say, we would say, well, it's loving and kind to always be kind to people, even when they're not loving to us. Many people out there believe that, 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 say, that say, I should always be loving and kind to other people no matter what. Well, I'm not advocating that you are cruel or unkind to other people, but I am advocating that you get to draw the boundaries where you need them to be. And it takes a hard look inside yourself, uh, a reflective look inside yourself, even a meditative look inside yourself to, to be able to sit with yourself and hear your truest inner voice and follow it. That's what it takes to love. That is an ultimate choice that love makes. It makes the choice to be self, to be the oak tree that comes from the acorn and stop trying to be the pine tree that creates pine cones. Uh, it, we can't be what we're not. And we keep trying, don't we? We keep shooting and ought toing and have toing and, and loyaltying and, and telling ourselves we should do X, Y, and Z. When in fact, the love nature is already sitting there inside of us and it just, if we just can be with it long enough to hear it and then do what it says, then that's the solution to the problem. But we get distilled down to that, that sort of pure, I'm just looking in myself, I'm listening to what I say and I do it. That's a very pure form of living. It's organic almost. So it just does what's in it to do instead of trying to contrive to do something other than what's in it uh, that is a real purified way of living and it comes through being distilled down to love so therefore we have to walk through all kinds of things that aren't love that aren't self-love that aren't other love that don't have anything to do with love <clears throat> and we have to sort out and differentiate those things so there's no if we're if we're not at a place where we're just organically doing what's authentic to do that's okay we're in a process of getting there, for sure, and it's not a linear path, and it's not uh, necessarily an upward path, like uh, Jacob's Ladder went up, you know, we think of it in terms of that, that there's gradations that move us higher and higher, and then there's ways of being lower and lower, and, and I don't think of it that way at all. I think that's a very 
black and white way of looking at it. It's a very self-judgmental way of looking at it that says I'm, I'm ascending into my higher self means I'm not descending into my lower self, you know, and uh, that makes me a better person. I'm not, I'm better than a, the lower person that I was. I'm now a higher person. And then all that is just uh, a way of saying, I don't really want to see that I'm just a person. I'm just an organic being who just comes from herself and does what's in her to do. Um, and so we, we, those, those ways of sort of making the, the, the ascendancy process into a vertical ladder that goes higher and higher is not self-love. It's a form of self-abuse that says you're not good enough yet. 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 And, and that's the voice that's in so many of us who are just out there today, uh, many of the population of people who are uh, what we would call spiritual but not religious, many of the people who are new age, new thought, new potential folks, they are really striving to be better, higher people. And what I would say is you don't have to do that. You can just listen to your deepest roots and, and, and they will talk to you. If you will begin the process of just listening, they will begin to talk to you and you will begin to hear it. And you may hear it through, hear it through feelings. You, some people hear it through an audible voice. Um, you may hear it through sensations. You may hear it through events that happens with other people. But you, if you stay tuned in to listening, then you will hear it. It will talk to you. It will say to you that it loves you and it wants to, it wants to guide you. It wants to give you the wisdom of love. It wants to, to, uh, to show you what it's like to be true to yourself. Um, that, you know, that's what we fear the most in terms of spiritual understanding. We fear that we're going to be true to ourselves, which might mean that we will be selfish, which is, you know, that's how the, how distorted our belief systems have become over the centuries that, that we believe that to be true to who we were created to be, if we are true to who we were created to be, then we're somehow betraying the divine. And that is, that is an ultimate form of spiritual mumbo-jumbo that, that confuses the heck out of most of us. And it, and it really does uh, confound the imaginative mind to, see, to say, I can't be me because if I'm me, then I'm betraying God. That's, uh, that's that kind of double bind is a form of spiritual abuse. And many of our church leaders, many of our temple leaders, many of our mosque leaders, many of our spiritual leaders that are not affiliated with any religion are teaching that because it's a global uh, misunderstanding about the truth of love that says that, you know, if you stop being who you are and try really hard to be a nice guy, then you will please, please the divine and everything will be okay. Um, and what I would say is, if you start being who you are, ultimately, you are the I am. You are the I am that you become aware of when you become still and cease striving. The, the Old Testament phrase in Psalms that said, and, and, and in the um, Jewish Tanakh that says, uh, be still to know that I am God, and know that I am God. It is mean, does mean be still in order to know that I am, Andrea Matthews is, God. And so are you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Everyone else is. All of us are divine. And, that, and we discover that by being still, by stopping the striving by stop, ceasing the striving that says, I should be loving, I should be nice, I should be kind, I should be all these things. When we cease that, 
and we become that energy that Jesus talked about when he said, um, I can do nothing of my own initiative. We begin to, to live in effortless effort. We just do what is in us to do, and that's the next thing we do, and the next thing we do, and the next thing we do. And as we do that, we fall into that river that is desire fulfilling itself perpetually. That's the nature of the divine. I said earlier that the name for God, if you break down the name for the Old Testament uh, and Jewish Tanakh, the name for God was Jehovah Yahweh, and you break that name down to its uh, root meaning, the root meaning is desire. Um, you can certainly find that if you go looking for the derivative, the actual root meanings of the words. Look on crosswalk.com and look down to the meaning that is the root meaning, that is the root meaning, is the root meaning, and you'll find desire at the base. Um, and the truth is that that is who we are. We are that desire perpetually fulfilling itself as, as love. And, um, and we are that God that is love. We are that. And we don't have to strive to be that. We don't have to push to be that. We don't have to, 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 to force ourselves into should thinking and ought thinking and, and loyalties and self-betrayals of all kind. We just need to be still and know that we are divine. And that in that process, what, what we become aware of is the oneness that is all and the love that is us. And so when we make a decision to draw a boundary and say, no, I don't want to be around that, or I don't like that, or these are my tastes and this is what I prefer in my life, what we're doing is authenticating who we actually are, which is what we're here to do. I'm a, if I'm a created being of the divine, and I believe that I am, then, I, that I, then what I'm here to do is be that being that he created, that, it, that he, she, it created me to be. That's my job. So your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. We'll be back next week. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.